come. Walk down the winding path. Don't mind the spooks and monsters. They stay hidden within the trees. There are mysteries in this world that you need to know, and paranormal truths that need to be told. Come, step up into the caravan, where we share tales of old, as well as new accounts about things you thought only existed in your nightmares. for being here. I'm excited to have you back in the caravan as this is our very first episode that kicks off the spooky season. We have here Heather Mosher. Welcome. Hi. Hello. <laughs> I'm so excited to be here and uh, the beginning of spooky season is always the best time of year. Oh yes. No, of course. So I would love to catch up with you since the last time that we were uh, in the caravan, you have been just going everywhere, trips, Alaska, all kinds of small town monster movies. Yeah. It's been wild. (laughs) It's a lot. (laughs) I mean, it's been great. It's just, it seems like because there's so much that we tried to do in the last year, it's just one thing after another, after another But yeah, the last big trip was Alaska. That was, I think we took 17 days to go up there, but it was amazing. And the great thing about it was we were there for 17 days. And by the end of it, between Alex and Eli, they got up to Alaska like a day before us and they started their own Beyond the Trail filming. They got two Beyond the Trail episodes filmed during that duration. We got the movie filmed Bigfoot uh, on the trail of Bigfoot Last Frontier. And Mm -hmm. there was enough that we kind of ran into by happenstance that Mm -hmm. we got another entire movie shot as well. That'll be coming out next year. So we got two movies out of it. A couple Beyond the Trails. There was an attempt at a Bigfoot project. I wasn't a part of that. Mm -hmm. Um, That was kind of Seth's thing on that. He was like isolated out in the woods. So I don't know really how that went or if that's ever going to see the light of day, but there was an attempt on it anyway. That was really something. And we were fortunate enough to see Denali because apparently, uh, or you only have like a 30% chance of seeing Denali on any given day because it's so large that it has its own cloud system. Right. We saw it on our drive up toward that way. We saw it on the drive and then the next day we went to the park, couldn't see it. And then Mm. the third day as we were leaving, there were some like viewpoints that you can stop off along the highway and it was just clear as could be. So that was really exciting. That's all in between like running to New Jersey to, which literally was less than 48 hours. It was a lot. (laughs) I had reached out to, I don't want to say witnesses because the Mm -hmm. Jersey devil is going to be different than most of our other documentaries and that we're not talking to witnesses at all. It's going to be all experts, historians, authors interspersed between little vignettes of Mm -hmm. the Jersey devil story that's acted out with actors. Yeah, I'm super stoked about it. It's the next release that we have coming out. Um, We're going to premiere it at Mothman Festival, actually. The way that the timing of that worked out is I had found people that were willing to be our experts or whatever out in Jersey months before. But then just the way that our schedule had gotten so full and chaotic, it was like the week before Seth's like, all right, we got to go to Jersey next week. All right, well, let me get a hold of everybody and make sure that they're available. Um, And it, it did work out. So we got to go there and then into the Pine Barrens which was something, I I don't know, I guess I never thought I'd see. So that was pretty neat. And I brought home a bunch of pine cones 
That's because awesome. It makes sense to bring pine cones home from the pine barrens. Um, <laughs> right. But I do that everywhere we go. I, I bring, I collect rocks and sticks. And actually mm-hmm. in Alaska, we all got sick the mm-hmm. first few days and it hit me really hard. The one day I couldn't get out of bed and they had to go film some stuff. So the rest of the crew went out. We were in Homer. They went out to the beach just to check it out and film some B-roll. And mm-hmm. when they came back, they brought me a bunch of rocks and Aww. some uh, some beach sand in a, in a water bottle. Since oh, I, I love that. Yeah. Still sitting on my, like, here's one of the rocks is super, I know you can oh. see it, nobody else is going to see it. Super yes. smooth <laughs> and round. It's beautiful. Um, yeah. That so. is so cool. And so special. I, I have to say yeah. when you guys arrived in Alaska, you had video called me and you mm-hmm. were showing me and I was just in awe. I was so like, just so excited for you that you were there. And it meant so much to me that you called and, and mm-hmm. let me be a part of that for that moment. It was definitely one of the highlights of, of my year. Thanks. I'm glad that you uh, were willing to, to listen. Oh yeah. Cause normally I get really shy when it comes to video calls. I'm like, uh, why, yeah. why are they video calling me? me too. And yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hang up. Yeah, no, so. not now. <laughs> I do that with telephone calls even. Oh, I just, yeah. I just wait and then I'll text. Is everything okay? <laughs> yeah. That was neat. Cause we, we were able to see, well, it's the land of the midnight sun during that time. So mm. it was midnight and still light out, which I had seen once before when I was in Norway, which prior to Alaska, I didn't know if I would ever see anything more beautiful than Norway, but Alaska takes the cake in a, it's beautiful look, don't touch kind of way mm, where in Norway, yes. I felt like, yeah, I can just wander around and explore. Not that they don't have wolves and stuff over there, I guess, but it mm-hmm. just seemed more tame. Alaska right. just seems like it'll kill you in any minute, <laughs> in any minute. So it's just look behind glass kind of thing. It is wild. The Northern lights are something I was hoping to see because we ended up, we flew into Anchorage and then we went South down the Kenai peninsula to Homer, um, which is at the very tip of the peninsula. And then we, we spent like a week or so there. And then we traveled back up through Anchorage and then on up to Taukitna and where stampede road is where, uh, Mm. Christopher McCandless was last seen alive and all of that. We were Mm -hmm. up there. And just because of the way that we timed it, when we first got into Anchorage and headed down to Homer, Apparently around uh, Stampede Road and Denali, they had the Northern Lights really vivid, like that first week. By the time we got up there, the light had shifted enough where it never got dark enough to see anything. But Oh, bummer. Yeah. Yeah. You know, that was another thing when I saw that you guys had taken pictures of the bus. I was like, oh, Mm -hmm. man, you know, because it had been years since I've seen that movie definitely one of those that stays with you because something else that I'm really into, I've always loved camping, fishing, going out in the wild. And I wanted to learn how to do more of that, like survival camping and backpacking. Mm -hmm. I mean, shoot, as soon as I was done with search and rescue, when I ended up graduating and I was, you know, an official part of the team, we went on a hike up into the Mount Hood forest up here in Oregon. And we got to the point where, you know, there's no cell phone service. There's nothing. If something happens to you, you're screwed. (laughs) And so, you know, of course we tell people when we're going to arrive and everything. And it was absolutely incredible when you go off the beaten path. And when you see things like, I didn't know that the landscape would change so much it within Mm -hmm. a two day walking period, 
just here in Oregon, there was one place that it seemed like it was like we were in Vietnam. The grass was taller than me and the flowers, you know, and then you get to this vast cavern where there's just all these rocks and you feel like you're going to be surrounded by mountain goats, you know, and, (laughs) and it was just incredible. And so it's like when the movie started out with him, it was like, oh, Mm -hmm. wow, he's going to be backpacking. He's going to be on this, this amazing adventure. You know, there was another one too that I liked where it was a lady, I think that she did the whole Pacific Crest Trail. Mm. I think that's what it's Mm -hmm. called. It was beautiful, but man, it was so sad how that ended. So sad. Yeah. The bus that we were able to take pictures with is the prop from the movie, from what I understand, because the original bus, they left it out. The bus was Mm -hmm. airlifted out a few years ago because there were enough people that were trying to get to it that people were dying, I guess there were accidents. And so just kind of save a few lives, I guess they airlifted it out. And I, the real bus is in Fairbanks, but the one that they use for the movie, you know, the replica or whatever, it is outside of this brewery called 49th state brewery. And Mm. it is the most amazing place. (laughs) The food's great. The drinks are great, but yeah. and, And it's wild because, I mean, we were there before tourist season, thankfully. So otherwise who knows how crazy it would have been. So we were there and it was usually like, it was mostly locals, I suppose, that were around. And yeah, we were over by the bus, but I don't remember. It wasn't like a huge crowd over there because I'm sure they're used to it by now. I mean, how could they not be? I would (laughs) hope they probably find it still exciting, but... We've got the moon and the stars and I'm still fascinated by those every night. And I see those every night, you know? That's a good point. That's a good (laughs) point. And the Northern Lights dance. So how could you not forever be fascinated by them? Exactly. Exactly. You know, and I will say too, when you were uh, talking about how the midnight sun and it Mm -hmm. being light outside, that was something when I went to Ireland this year, I was fascinated by that because here it was 10 o'clock at night, but it seemed like it was like four or five in the, you know, in the evening. Yeah. It wasn't extremely bright, but it was bright enough to be like, (laughs) there's no way it feels like 10. Yeah. So that was definitely something that was, was amazing. And then of course it didn't last for very long when it did get dark, Mm -hmm. it was only for just a short amount of time. And then boom, you wake up early and it's already starting to get super bright out like five in the morning. Yeah. I was excited to see pictures when you went to Ireland because I've not been to Ireland and it always, I mean, it sounds magical, but then clearly Mm -hmm. is magical based on (laughs) what you've shared and, and the pictures alone and stuff. And even with the time zone. So they're yeah. five hours ahead. I, uh, Alaska was five hours behind from oh, wow. my time zone, which doesn't seem all that bad, I guess. But when it comes to calling back, something oh. you have to keep in mind. That was the crazy thing because now that I'm traveling, now that I'm, that I'm going and doing, you know, different trips and conferences and stuff. Oh mm-hmm. boy. When I landed in Ireland, I had been up for 30 hours. And of course we land at 7 a.m. And we can't check into the hotel until four. Yep. And it was just golly, you know? And so I ended up falling asleep, you know, in the waiting area in front of the checkout. I slept there for a while. And then you just kind of meander aimlessly throughout Dublin while you're waiting for, you know, a room to open up. Oh my gosh. And then the same thing happened. I caught a red eye going to uh, Tennessee. I ended up, oh man, by the time I finally arrived and luckily the hotel did have the room open. Uh, but again, I was up for 30 hours by that point. <laughs> yeah. Travel can be absolutely horrendous. And, that, and we ran into that. I think that was part of the reason we all got so sick when we first mm-hmm. got to Alaska is that 
it's a blur now, but I feel like it was over 24 hours that we were awake from the time we left Ohio to the time yeah. we got into Anchorage because we flew into what Chicago, I think, and then had mm-hmm. a several hour layover there. And then the flight up to Anchorage itself was six hours or something. I mean, it wasn't a small flight. And then from Anchorage, I, I mean, we got there in the evening. Oh, and then we, <laughs> when we got there and got the rental car or van, cause it was this massive van. And we mm-hmm. got to the Airbnb, the first Airbnb, somebody was there and we're like, wait, what? <laughs> it turns out that this woman had rented it for the next day, but got there early. Nobody was there, I guess. So she used the code cause they didn't change the code in between people got in there with her family. Oh, no. And, um, <laughs> So there were a couple kids and she was there. Her husband was out front into the store and we're like, uh, we need this place just for, we just need it for like 12 hours. We just got to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> and she apologized profusely and found, they found another place mm-hmm. to go. But I mean, it was just like after all of that travel and then we get there, we're like, oh, we can't even unload the car yet because oh, I'm yeah. occupied. It was. <laughs> yeah. It, was it so makes long. it rough. And then to top that off as well, you were talking about how going down to film for the Jersey Devil, it was a quick thing. And that was another thing with Tennessee, because for me, it was like, okay, you know, I've traveled and I've gone to places and I'm an average of four or five days. And then I, you know, I come home, but Tennessee, Mm -hmm. that was a quick thing. You fly in and then you're there for day and a night. And then you go home the very next day which is, Mm -hmm. which was so crazy. And of course I'm thinking about all the other people that are in our community that do all of these conferences where they will fly out Mm -hmm. on Friday and then boom, they're flying back home on Sunday. And it's just incredible. Yeah. It's a lot. I mean, it was something ridiculous. The, the trip to Jersey Mm -hmm. specifically where we um, left on a Wednesday and drove out to Jersey, which was like eight hours and did an interview that night then drove mm-hmm. another hour, hour and a half to the Airbnb. Oh, wow. And then the next morning had an interview and then we shot B-roll in the Pine Barrens and then slept. And then the next day came home, but it was yeah. still less than 48 hours. I mean, it came home the, the eight hour drive back home. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, it was less than 48 hours and just go, go, go where, I mean, it's mm-hmm. the same thing with conferences too. Like you said, these conferences, <laughs> like you came out from Oregon but you had people coming in from Texas and Pennsylvania. I mean, from all over into Tennessee. And I'm Mm -hmm. sure like, I've never been to Paris, Tennessee, but based on the way you you kind of described it to me, it's not like it's right next to an airport. You've got to drive (laughs) probably an hour and a half, two hours from Nashville. I would assume. Yeah. It was a two hour drive from the airport to uh, the location. Mm -hmm. And let me tell you, you know, I had to get up at two o'clock in the morning (laughs) <laughs> to make my flight that left at six yeah. and that drive in the dark was mm-hmm. insane because it was like there was no road signs it was just mm-hmm. like turn left and <laughs> then there'd be like this little arrow the road was tiny and it was like overgrown but you're on a highway and it just <laughs> doesn't seem like you know and so you're just like man thank goodness for like a gps because you'd totally get lost oh, yeah. out there and that was crazy but it was a lot of fun it was an amazing conference uh it was the the dogman conference put on by a uh, paranormal roundtable josh turner and king gearhart i was so excited when i was there yeah. because there was a bunch of people that were wearing you know the small town monster shirts <laughs> and when martin got up there yeah. That was an incredible speech. And, you know, I'm going to tell the audience the same thing that I told you because I had called her up and I was just like, what you do 
is absolutely incredible because mm-hmm. when you reach out to people and they have these stories, it's really healing when people can come forward, tell their story, and then they really feel heard. And then they find that there's other people out there that also have had these experiences. And it's just this domino effect. And with you working with Martin and having him on the show, and then him being there at the conference, the story that he told and the way that he told it, totally not afraid to to admit that I was in tears. Like Mm -hmm. by the time he was done, seriously, it was a gift. Yeah. Martin is really, he's amazing. He's very special. He was someone that when we started to look into American werewolves, we had a rough idea of how we were going to break it down the movie as far as location wise. So we were going to have Ohio. We were going to have Kentucky because you can't in this area, you can't talk about Dogman without talking about land between the lakes. We were trying to get Pennsylvania to fit in as well so that we could cover three states, but it just didn't really work out that way when it all came together at the end, Mm -hmm. which isn't unheard of. I mean, we have ideas and we we follow that, but then once you get to the editing process, sometimes that morphs. So we knew that we wanted to break down each area by like an expert and then witnesses to kind of represent each area. And Mm -hmm. Martin was someone that I had seen his name I had no idea. I didn't even know what Martin looked like prior to him showing up for his interview, but he's someone that I had seen his name and I contacted him and I said, Hey, I explained who we are, what we were hoping to to get. Like, you know, if you would be willing to share your story, that would be amazing. And he was extremely hesitant. The good thing about small town monsters though, is that I'm able to say, okay, I understand that you're hesitant. Like I've watched regular TV sometimes too, and see how ridiculous Mm. it gets. But here's, here's a link to some of our stuff. Look at what we do so that you can see like what our track record is. Um, Mm -hmm. At least there's work that I can point to so that they don't have to just take a stranger's word for it. Um, And he thought about it because he has a background in law enforcement and um, wasn't sure Mm -hmm. how open he wanted to be even now, even though he's retired, but ultimately um, decided that he was ready and willing to talk. And I was really thankful for that. And, and, And the thing is with a lot of our witnesses, the people that are willing to come forward and the same thing happened with Sasquatch unearthed the Ridge, which is a YouTube series that we started. There's mm-hmm. a witness on there who's very open. I mean, like nothing's obscured in the show, but when I first contacted that witness, they were going to talk with us, but only if we obscured their face and their voice, mm. just because out of, out of fear of ridicule and because of their job of and so on. But as time went on and we got closer to the day of filming, they were like, you know what? Other people need to know that this stuff is real. Mm. so that they don't think that they're insane. Like, you know, cause oh, yeah. there's so many people that I've met doing this, that they have these encounters they can't even explain. And mm-hmm. then if they do try to tell someone or, or I've had ones where they tell their family at first and they get ridiculed for that, or oh, yeah. people give them a million excuses as to what it could be. And yeah, maybe some stuff could be a misidentification, but you saw something and, <laughs> and but they, <laughs> yeah. they go through this whole thing where they're afraid to be, to be ridiculed. And so then they just kind of clam up about it. And then they spend this time Mm -hmm. feeling alone. That's the part that I don't want anybody to ever feeling alone because regardless of what anybody has experienced, someone else has too. And I think Mm -hmm. that that's important to always remember because feeling alone in anything in life sucks. You're not alone. And so by getting these stories out there, I'm thankful when people are willing to come forward for that, even if they are absurd. Like we do have people, there was someone in American werewolves who is obscured, uh, voices, distorted faces, darkened, but I'm still excited. They were willing to share the story. Oh yeah. 
that alone still puts it out there for if anybody else had a similar encounter to know, oh, all right, I'm not insane. I didn't, my brain just didn't freak out on me and create this entire <laughs> scenario. So Martin is amazing. And when he showed up that day, I gave him a huge hug. He had wanted to meet Elijah in person. And I made sure that I scheduled their interviews, Elijah Henderson from the Cryptid Studies Institute. I had made sure that I scheduled Elijah's mm-hmm. interview right before Martin's so that they would be together and they could meet each other because Martin had expressed to me that he was hesitant to share his story. And the only people that he trusted in the community at that point was Elijah Henderson based on the work that he's done in his father, that his father, Johnny had done and Mm -hmm. Barton Nunnally. I said, well, Elijah is in, you know, like Elijah is going to be there. He's going to talk with us. I understand that. And then I made sure that I scheduled them at the same time so that he could meet Elijah. And um, I think that was very important for both of them uh, as well to, to meet one another, but, and for everybody to feel more comfortable too, because I never want a witness to feel uncomfortable talking to us. And oh, yeah. I can make it where if you really trust someone like Elijah and we can make it where you guys are <clears throat> in the same area at the same time. I mean, Elijah likes to hear stories too, obviously. Mm-hmm. So I think that that worked out really well, but Martin. Yeah. Anyway, all of this to say that Martin came to his interview that day, despite a horrible tragedy that occurred um, Mm. for him, which I won't get into because that's his story to tell. But there was a horrible thing that had occurred in his community like the night before. And Mm. um, he was still shook up about it when he showed up. And he told me that he had had difficulty even making the journey to us that day because he was still so upset. So I'm glad that he overcame that for us and for a lot of other people who are now changed for him sharing his oh, story. Yeah. But yeah, he's one of my favorite people anyway. I love him. <laughs> no, you know, and, and the work that, like I said, the work that you do is absolutely incredible. And he was incredible. And I learned so much, so much from the Dogman Conference and a lot from his stories. And I'm just, I'm really grateful for, for you and for Small Town Monsters and all the stuff that you do, because like, like I said, it, it touches a lot of people's lives and it facilitates, uh, you know, that healing. Uh, we are coming up to closing the interview out as we are running out of time. So time left (laughs) alert, alert. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) So if you would tell everybody, what do you have upcoming and uh, where can they find you? You can find me on Instagram at Pagan historian. Um, I'm on Facebook, although I don't update that too much anymore. Anything small town monsters, you'd be able to find me that way. You can email me Heather at smalltownmonsters.com. Jersey devil is coming out soon. Um, at the end of the year, we have on the trail of Bigfoot, the last frontier, which is our first of the two Alaska on the trail of Bigfoot movies that we have personally, I will be speaking next summer at Troy Taylor's haunted America conference, um, which I'm super stoked about. Yeah. I'm I'm excited for you. Congratulations on that. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) I'm also going to be speaking at an event. It's called Haunted Con. I'm going to be at Haunted Con. It's the Southwest Pennsylvania Haunted Con on March 18th in Waynesburg, PA. I'll be talking there. And then before that, actually, because that's March 18th. So first part of March is the uh, Frogman Festival, first ever Frogman (laughs) Festival. And um, I'm going to speak there too. 
I'm, I'm excited about that. And there'll be different presentations for each thing that I do, because unless it's something that somebody was specifically asked, I just feel like I'd have to change it up just for my own. Oh yeah. Plus I like to research. So. Oh, of course. Change the topics. They'll all be different topics. It'll be a whole different story (laughs) for each one. That's exciting. Yeah. I love it. Thank you. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Something that I just started recently, which is just a a personal project, is gathering stories, um, history, things about the different Appalachian counties throughout all of Appalachia. I'm going to break things down state by state. And I'm looking for the ghost stories, the monster stories, but I'm also looking for history, important people in the region, some things that like the folktales that are passed down from the older generation just to try to get like a little time capsule of each county. It's going to be a very long process because there's like 400 and some counties oh, wow. technically right. considered Appalachia, but I'm going to break it down state by state. But I just want to learn all about home, I guess, if that makes mm, sense. Of course um, it does. Of course. <laughs> so I'm going to, that's my thing. I don't know how long that's going to take me to do, but um, I'm starting in New York and I've already put some calls out for people who live in the, those counties to please contact me and I'll be getting a hold of the historical um, societies mm. in the areas and we'll see what comes of it. I don't, I don't even know where this is going yet. I just know that I'm gathering this all because I feel like it needs to be gathered and recorded and then we'll see what happens. You know, I think that it would be absolutely incredible. Cause I got to tell you back when you were writing in the blog for the caravan and different yeah. articles that I've seen you write, you are an incredible, talented writer. Seriously, Thank you. you, I mean, Thank it's, you. it's amazing. I miss and... those. <laughs> I do. I well, miss writing. I don't get to do it very much at all anymore. Right. Well, yeah, you're so busy all the time with the stuff that you've got going on and uh, then it can be hard. I mean, same with me. I'm supposed to be writing another book right now, but it's uh, kind of on the back burner right now while I've got everything else going on. And so I understand that, but uh, it'd be cool if this became a book. If you're, if you're Appalachian yeah. research and everything became a book, because then I would have to get a copy and have you autograph it for me <laughs> as well, because, uh, of course, you know, that's where my ancestry is from is, is that area mm-hmm. and gosh, anything that I could learn, uh, would be great. I'm starting to get into the world of publishing and stuff as well, because small town monsters launched SD yes. publishing. Congratulations um, on that too. Thank you. Our first book that we released was um, Curious Creatures, The Vegetable Man. And uh, it's a children's book. And the next book, I mean, we're we're only releasing a handful each year, but the next one will be Bruce Hallenbeck about the Kinderhook creature. And I guess books are on my mind right now, but I I don't know. We'll see if it gets to be a book someday or not. We shall see. (laughs) Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for being here and uh, we'll have to have you back on so we can talk further about more, more adventures. Yay. Sounds good to me. I'll talk to you later. Alrighty. Bye. There's a light in the fire Burn on
Deepest desire. 